KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. You're welcome along to KCL or live. It's uh, Tuesday morning, another wet one out there, but don't worry if you're staying in with us, we've got plenty to entertain you over the next couple of hours. Uh, we'll be speaking to a very special guest in a couple of moments' time because no time like All Ireland time is a time to create cross border tensions. Limerick taking on Kilkenny at the weekend. Oh, all the rivalry is really coming to the fore now and sometimes that rivalry is not just cross-border, it could be across the dining room tables of homes all around the counties of Kilkenny and Carlow. Um, we'll be speaking to one such family where that rivalry is at its most in a few moments' time. A little bit later on, Edwina Grace will be dropping into us live from Goran Park. The uh, Goran Park Black and Amber Golf Day taking place in aid of the uh, Players' Funds. Councillor Dennis Hines also joining us to talk about the Erlingford Town Centre master plan. We've got Jerry Farrell in studio from Castleview Financial Services. Technically, recession has hit Ireland. What does that mean for us all now and in the coming months ahead? Jerry will be giving us all the lowdown on that. And uh, after 11, um, Ellen, Ellen Jennings, she's the communications officer at Bodywise because a new report um, showing that the requirement for services has increased in the last five years um, for adolescent patients who are suffering body dysmorphia issues. Um, it's risen from 33 in 2018 to 80 in 2022. Eating disorders are so serious uh, and the complex mental health conditions that increase that mortality, unfortunately. Um, it's, it's Body-wise, they're a national voluntary organisation and they're supporting people affected by eating disorders and, indeed, their families. And Ellen Jennings will be telling us more about their work just after um, 11 o'clock this morning. Text and WhatsApp lines are open 083 306 9696. You can free phone us on 1800 90 96 96. Mary is waiting to take your call. And you can, of course, email us KCLR live at KCLR96FM.com. Shine on Kilkenny. Had to be played at some point, I suppose, didn't it? Given the week that's in it. Well, a video has been doing the rounds on social media of uh, a family from Kilkenny, but not in Kilkenny, where the cross-border rivalry is at its height. Yes, because, of course, families right across Ireland who've got Kilkenny or maybe Kilkenny and Limerick connections, they're setting themselves up for a weekend of confrontation and all the other bits and pieces that uh, go along with uh, big, big sporting fixtures like this. And um, no family more so than uh, a family living in Limerick. Michael Dowd joins us on the line now. He's originally from Monian Row, um, but uh, is himself and his wife Josie, originally from Ballyragged. Two Kilkenny people. But where are they living? They're living in Limerick. Michael, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Brian. Are you all set, first of all, and ready for the match of the weekend? Yes, yeah, we're looking forward to it in a big way, in a big way. But listen, tell me, you're, you're living in Limerick, but you're not obviously originally from Limerick. Where are you from? Well, actually, I'm from Morning Row. My, uh, I'm from Morning Row myself, and my wife was from Ballyuskill, just near Ballyraggett there. And what brings two people who bleed black and amber and ends up <laughs> with them living in Limerick? Well, I suppose at the time we came to Limerick, it was 40 years ago, it was the job brought us down here and... We're both working in the catering industry, so that's you, how we stuck it. You got stuck in Limerick, yeah, that's probably the best way to say it. <laughs> you got stuck in Limerick. Uh, 40 years ago, you're still black and amber, though, to the core, I believe. Oh, very much so, very much so. 
listen. Some things like that, Brian, never disappear, you know. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the black and amber gene doesn't seem to have passed down through the generations, though. What's the story with the kids and the grandkids? Um, I see my granddaughter, Faye. Uh, she's mm. dynamite. Yeah. She's a fantastic hurler herself. She's mad limerick, absolutely mad limerick. She goes to all the games, of course. And she's seen my lovely big Kilkenny flag hanging out. Yeah, so you put, the Kilkenny fla- <laughs> you put the Kilkenny flags up, obviously, in celebration and getting ready for the weekend. And Faye, the young yeah. upstart that she is, what did Faye, tell our listeners, tell all the people of Kilkenny and Carlo, what did Faye do with your precious Kilkenny flag? Well, I came in Sundays for the, to get a cup of tea, but they were outside in the lawn playing. And there was a good crowd around now, a few neighbours hanging around and everything else. And I could hear the laughing going on, so I went out. And there was Missy after getting the ladder down, <laughs> getting up, climbing up, taking down the flag, and putting it into the wheelie bin. She put the Kilkenny flag in the wheelie bin? In the wheelie bin, yes. How old is Faye? <laughs> Pay his eight years of age. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> she's Now, has she been grounded uh, as a result of putting that flag into the wheelie bin? Um, I know, no, she, she, uh, she can't because she's so good. <laughs> I couldn't say a word to her. <laughs> <laughs> she's not there with you, Michael, by any chance, is she? Well, would you believe she is? Is she? Go on, stick her on to me then. This morning, so she's well, it has been cancelled. <laughs> So she's here with me, would you believe it? Yeah, yeah, go on, stick Faye on. This is Faye O'Dowd, a Limerick woman. Yes. Do you want to talk to her? I'd love to talk to her. I'll put her in her place, don't you worry. Do you want to her, so hold on a second. Hey. Faye's probably, probably a pull of Mark Kenny flags down. (laughs) There she comes. Good morning, Faye. Can you hear me? Yeah. Now, Faye, listen to me. You're my, you're, my name is Brian. You're talking to me. I'm on the radio here. Do you know what county I'm on the radio in? Kilkenny. Kilkenny. Yeah. So the people of Kilkenny, Faye, they want to have a little word with you about what you got up to over the weekend. Uh, I believe you were spotted putting Kilkenny flags into wheelie bins. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, the cheek of you. The cheek of you. What did Nanny and Grandad have to say to you when they caught you putting the flag in the wheelie bin? Um... Uh... They're, they're just like put, put it back up <laughs> and listen you went and got the ladder and did this all on your own or did you have somebody helping you I've done it all by myself oh you little cheeky so and so and you love the GAA are you going to be cheering for Limerick now or Kilkenny at the weekend I'm asking you a stupid question there I suppose aren't you Limerick You're going to be, now are you going to be with your granddad Michael and your, your your granny Josie watching the match and cheering for Limerick or will they banish you from the house because you've got a Limerick jersey on your back will you be allowed into the house to watch it do you think or will you have to watch it in your own house uh, I think I'm going to the pub so I don't know you're going to the pub ok who's going to the pub with you um, my sister, my mum, my dad, and, oh. and maybe my nana and granddad. And maybe your nana and granddad. Well, listen, um, will you do me one favour before you leave the phone and, uh, and hand me back over to your granddad? I'm going to ask you to shout something out, right? Now, if you shout this out, we'll forgive you for fo- putting the flag in the bin, right? Is that okay? If you shout yeah. out, up the cats, we'll let you away with putting the flag in the bin. Will you shout out, up the cats for us? 
No. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, Limerick, true and true. Faye, um, how many points, I presume you think Limerick are going to win, how many points will Limerick win by? Uh, I think about like 20 points. Two goals and 20 points. Okay, well, listen, um, enjoy the match at the weekend. Is, is Grandad Michael still there with you? Yeah. Go on, stick him on to us, will you please? <laughs> Hello. The lady is not for turning at all, is she? She, she I couldn't even no. get her to shout out and up the cats. No, no, Brandy, no. You haven't a hope in that one anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, now, listen, you're looking forward to the match the weekend yourself? Yes, very much fine. I think it's going to be a much closer game now. And, you know, I, I have much more confidence in Kenny this year than last year, you know. Have you? Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, they, they got I the league final. Stronger, you know? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the experience of those. They're stronger. Yeah. yeah. And where will you be watching the match yourself? Well, I'll be a festival in my local rugby club. Oh, brave man. Young Monsters, yeah, Young Monsters Rugby Club. <laughs> Would you believe it, Brian? There are also black and amber colours, so there's plenty of black and amber colour in the, in the club. There's plenty of black and amber in the club. That's good. You yeah. pick, the, the, pick the locality at least to keep the black and amber uh, colours there. Um, so you've got some sort of connection still to the county. Well, listen, um, Faye sounds like an absolute legend, I have to say. Um Keeper, keeper, you're not going to convert to the black and amber. It doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. I know, and I, I told her I, I might curtail her fibres a small bit. Her, you know. <laughs> Take her down to four euros, and if Limerick do <laughs> watch the match, just just deduct it for one full week so you can buy yourself a, a new Kilkenny flag. Uh, Michael O'Dowd, originally from Mona and Row, um, thank you very much. I'm sorry that you're stuck living in Limerick, particularly at this time yeah, of year, but sure, it's great to talk to you on the radio as well. And uh, Faye, give my regards to Faye and tell her to stay away from those ladders and the wheelie bins, will you? Okay, I'll do that. Brian, thanks for Cheers, Michael. Take care. Rivalries continue right across Kilkenny and Limerick and the dining tables of houses in both counties in preparations of the weekend. Lots of stuff going on in preparation for the weekend. Um, we're going over live now to Gordon Park where I'm joined by our very own Edwina Grace for the Golf Classic and uh, man in charge of everything that is Gordon, Eddie Scally is also joining us online. Edwina, first of all, uh, great day for golf. Yeah, I think you could probably say the going is very soft here at Goring Park uh, today, Brian. Um, I'm here ensconced in the Kilkenny GA supporters wagon, thankfully, uh, staying out of the rain myself. Between the 9th and 10th tee, where action is very much in play out there, and they're they're out there in their wet gear. Some of them are out there in shorts. Some of them don't even have a coat on them, <laughs> uh, but they're very much out there and taking part. I think something like 50 teams had signed up, 50 teams of three at least had signed up for today, which is quite significant and uh, really just goes to show you the, the level of support that they'll come out here in all weathers. I was just chatting to a team there from uh, Donamagan GA Club who were heading out and um, they were just saying, look, the players have to face whatever weather faces them on Sunday. We're here, we're, we're willing to, to play on. 
in, in this kind of weather today. But uh, even here at the supporters' wagon, I'm, I'm here with Tommy Marr, and they've got goodie bags. There's a bar of chocolate in there, a banana, a, a, an apple to keep them going. I think there's breakfast arriving in a few minutes as well. And it's it, it, it's all go here today. And Eddie Scally, manager of Gorham Park Racetrack, is on the line as well. Good morning, Eddie. Morning, Brian. How are you? First question first. What time is Edwina's tea time at? <laughs> say, I say, I, I'm going to struggle to get Edwina to get out of the wagon. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the breakfast will be here in a minute, as I said. <laughs> Eddie, we need to plan these things a little bit better because I think we've got an arse about face this morning with me in here in the studio talking to county councillors and the likes throughout the show and Edwina Grace gets to go out and enjoy the splendour of Gorham Park. I was talking to John Walsh this morning. He was out there yesterday, Eddie. He said the place is looking fine. He said they've got a trim to it in an inch of the life for all the uh, Kilkenny fans heading out there this morning. Um, golfers, a bit like GA players, different breed. A bit of rain won't make any difference to them at all. Sure it won't, Eddie. No, this is it. You know what I mean? They are a different breed. The only thing I will say now is it's really, really coming down here at the moment. Like we do need that to ease off a small bit now where we start having water sitting. But this has been, like, literally, you're coming to us now at the very heaviest part of the rain that we've had all, all morning. But I expect it to clear off, believe it or not, in the next 45 minutes. And once that clears off, it'll turn into a kind of a soft enough day. So it'll be fine. They'll go out there. They'll get wet. But they'll be, it won't be anything too major either, you know. But we, we need to get through the next half an hour because it's it's really booking down here now. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it there, literally yeah. nothing more nothing more official than just me picking up my phone to check out the weather forecast. But it's it's due to start easing off now, as you said, over the next couple of hours. And certainly by the middle of lunchtime, um, there's no rain forecast. Um, anybody teeing off later on this evening, by five o'clock, there's actually a chance of sun out there. You've got tea times right the way through, I think, until six, Eddie. Is that right? That's it, yeah. No, in fairness to the lads, um, you know, Seamus reading the team there in, inside in Kilkenny GA, yeah, they do it. Like, you know, this is a well-oiled machine, in fairness to the guys uh, when Kilkenny gets to an All-Ireland. Because of the short running between the All-Ireland semi-final and final, they're only given two weeks to do any fundraising that's required. Mm. So the golf classic is kind of set in stone. And in fairness to John Mackey and the supporters club, he'd be always thinking ahead. So I think it was straight after the Leinster finally read, look, on the off chance that we do get lucky enough to get to an All-Ireland final, can we pencil in a date? So we kind of held this date the, the Tuesday from about a month ago to you know just in case they, they'd make it to a final that, that we'd have the slot available the last number of years when they've been in finals they've come out here on absolutely glorious sunny days and played in the classic but they haven't won the All-Ireland so maybe it's a sign that they oh, the last of the rain and maybe they'll win the All-Ireland <laughs> yeah it'll get, every, get, get, get everything loosened up and ready for the weekend Edwina this obviously fundraiser taking place today is just one of many fundraisers that the county board organise it's a very tough schedule for them as Eddie sort of alluded to with such a short window between the semi-final and the final though that's right. Very short um, time frame. Now, luckily enough in Kilkenny, uh, the county board know what they're doing. They're facing into their 37th, hopefully, win um, in All-Ireland terms. But uh, they've obviously been in a lot more All-Irelands over the years. So there is a little bit of a formula to the fundraising um, you know, and to the events that take place. Of course, we saw the hugely popular public training session last week that saw... Uh, hundreds, uh, I think three to four thousand was that was the guesstimate on on the day um, in Ardon de Grasse, and then today you've got the the golf. As we say, over fifty teams signed up now. How many have turned up so far? But as Eddie said, the weather is set to improve in the next while. And then the corporate night tomorrow night has, I think, just over 30 tables completely rolled out. It's in Langton's. And Eddie's actually involved in that as well, Brian. Yeah, Eddie, you've got a, a big, uh, I believe, a hosting sort of role, MC and or interviewing. And um, we were talking yesterday about it and they hadn't yet announced the special guest of honour. I believe you know who it is, Eddie. You might as well let the cat out of the bag. There's a cat pun for you. I didn't even mean to do that one. <laughs> 
well, I, I don't think it's for me to let the cat out of the bag. I know who I'm interviewing tomorrow night, but uh, I think I'll leave that to the GEA. I'm not going in there tomorrow night to get shot by for telling you who to get. <laughs> but they have, uh, they have a superstar tomorrow night. There's no two ways around it. And I'm uh, I'm lucky enough or unlucky enough to be the person that's charged with interviewing uh, the, the guest of honour. And I'm really looking forward to it as well. Hopefully I don't make a complete bags with it. But uh, I had a sleepless night last night thinking about it. And I'm going to have one again tonight, I'm sure. But it'll be great fun. And I think... Um, you know, this is an iconic Kenny person anyway, so I can't wait to, to have a chat with him. Well, as soon as you haven't got the bottle to do it, I'm going to check in with Edwina again. Edwina, <laughs> is this information yeah. that you gave me this morning, is it is it sort of blocked? Are we not allowed to say it? Or or is Eddie just afraid to rattle the cage? Are you going to well, tell well, it? Well, I'll, I'll say it. I'll, I'll say it, Eddie. Go on. Um, uh, yeah, my, my understanding is it's, it's Willie Mullins. There you um, go. A, a man that uh, Eddie will be very familiar with. And, of course, Derek Ling will also be interviewed on stage uh, on the night Pat Tracy do, doing the honours there but th- this goes to show you you know the big guns all come out in support of um, the, the hurlers when they're facing into a, a, an All-Ireland final and uh, great to see I suppose Langton's will be considered one of the, the homes of hurling in Kilkenny as well you know in terms of um, supporting the GA over the years too so that's going to be a really busy night a really fun night and, and you'll pick up a lot of tidbits too you know uh, people heading along along there but uh, it's all these things, Brian, when you see the fans coming together, you see the the, the GA f- uh, families coming together, the businesses coming together. And even here, if I can put you on very quickly to, to Tommy Marr from Liz Downey, he's here in the Kilkenny GA Supporters Club wagon because they're doing a lot as well, Brian, you know, um, showing up, supporting, standing here, making sure that, uh, that, that the people who are playing get a little bit of sustenance as well. So here's Tommy for a quick hello. Hiya, Tommy. How are you? Listen, um, as, as somebody who likes the opportunity to get out and play a bit of golf when I get the chance, which is not that often, the question that everybody will be asking when they when they turn up this morning, what's in the goodie bags? <laughs> well, we have um, plenty of sustenance here. We have um, fruit, bars, drinks. And then at, on the halfway line between the 9th and the 10th, uh, will shortly be set up for breakfast and uh, around lunchtime he'll switch to serving lunches there yeah. burgers and whatnot. and uh, whatever else people will be stuck for they won't go hungry here no anyway. I'm sure they won't we don't, have, we don't have towels and all that sort of <laughs> stuff but uh, it's a it's a kind of a morning here now that you wouldn't put out your neighbour's hatchet but it's great to see people out supporters like, these are true supporters Yeah. and um, as Edwina said to you earlier one of the we caught one of them there saying players will put up with whatever is thrown at them on Sunday so it's, it's the supporters are doing likewise today Yeah. Um, on behalf of the sports club we're thrilled to see so many people out here this morning um, I think Eddie has officially declared the going as soft and uh, what it is to improve I think the tide is to go out around lunchtime here so hopefully things will improve in the afternoon Yeah, perfectly. it's a great tribute to all the people who turned up here and the enthusiasm that they've shown and even the good humour in spite of the rain yeah now I'm sure by the time the uh, the lads turn at the ninth I'm sure the most of the weather will be behind them they'll be just perfectly ready for a, a bit of, of a warm grub and stuff like that as well um, just in terms of the supporters club and the week that is the build up to the All-Ireland final it really is a festival of celebration of community isn't it it is yeah it's 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 um, it's, it's great to see so, you know we, we have about I think we have about 12 or 1,300 members at the moment and then probably about 100 businesses as well on board. And they're, they're still coming in as we speak. And um, it's great to see so many people rowing in behind. And most of those are people who, who renew annually and have been doing for years, you know. So they're, 
there are people who have been loyal to us and loyal to Kilkenny and long may it continue yeah long may it continue we're also by the way um, involved just you might you might um, mention this uh, there's a a draw coming up uh, in aid of the training and holiday fund uh, the draw will be made on the at half time on the day of the county final and tickets will be going out uh, they're already on the way out I think and they can also be purchased online there go to my club Kilkenny and uh, that's all one word if you google that and just go to events and you can purchase tickets online there but the clubs will have them as well we'll have them in the supporters club wagon going forward as well so that's yeah, brilliant another fundraising initiative that we're trying to promote and it's all going to the same place yeah yeah. listen the supporters club do great work for all the hurlers in terms of supporting them and support the, the supporters club that's what it's there for um, and long may it continue going back over to Eddie Scally Eddie now that Edwina has let the cat out of the bag Willie Mullins you're not going to have to do that much research to be able to put a couple of questions to him. Sure, you know, you know what you're doing when it comes to people like Willie Mullins. Yeah, you do. And then the, the, the GA lads, they have this tendency to think that you're, you're, you're just aiming for these things. So I have to do a 25-minute interview with Willie Mullins oh. with 300 people uh, after the desserts tomorrow night. So <laughs> in there is where the problem lies, Brian. They've said to me, I have a bit of experience on the radio and I try to explain them that it's normally me and one other person in the studio. <laughs> so... Uh, I think, I think that'll be a bit of fun and then the other thing is I can't stand in front of Willie for 25 minutes reading my notes as you probably know as the consummate professional Brian you probably don't have notes of the ever but unfortunately I tend to have notes so it should be a bit of crack anyone that's at it tomorrow night one thing is for sure will get a good laugh at me trying my best to <laughs> and I'm sure Willie will give you plenty of longitude in terms of making sure that yeah, he's, he's not ribbing you if you're feeling like you're under pressure at any point the desserts what a time to be trying to interview somebody in, but somebody like Willie Mullins well capable of holding the crowd lots of interesting stories and I'm sure people will be uh, dying to hear what he has to say yeah no and I, I am myself Brian I genuinely I, I, I joke because I, I really am looking forward to it it's going to be trying to condense it down into 20 minutes 25 minutes it's going to be the hardest thing for me because that man is just a legend he's done everything but I'm, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night now yeah, Eddie Scally, uh, manager of Gorham Park Racetrack. Uh, look tomorrow night at that dinner. Uh, good luck for the rest of the day. Edwina, um, have you got the clubs out of the bag? Have you told them all down? Are they all ready to go? Everyone's ready to go, but uh, you know... No, it, Edwina, it, it, I was it, talking about telling down the clubs, not the golfers. Oh, <laughs> well, she will see how it goes, Brian. You never know what could happen. Um, but no, uh, no fear of Eddie. He's, a, he's a, a good racing man. He's a good GA man. And he's a good radio man, so there'll be no fear of him um, tomorrow night in Langton's for the corporate night. But it just goes to show you, Brian, because a lot of money is needed for an All-Ireland final. Um, I know we don't have the, the... The hurlers will be coming back to Kilkenny on Sunday um, night as opposed to staying up in, in a Dublin hotel, mm. as would have been tradition, I suppose, over the years. But So that expense isn't there, but there is still um, other expenses you know, tied in um, to facing into something like a, an All-Ireland hurling final. Um, so it's great to see people showing their support and as I said we'll have everything online a little bit later today for people who want to get part because there's still the fun run on Friday yeah. which is uh, loads of crack a bit of fun you don't have to be the the fittest or the fastest or you know anything else just a kind of game to take part and as Tommy was telling you there um, there, there's a whole lot of other um, initiatives to running so whatever your uh ability or level or whatever you can show support to the lads the main thing too though is to get the colours out and to get the colours flying high um, I know people were, were wondering about certain areas of Kilkenny yesterday and that um, but it's good to see a lot of the businesses um, and individuals putting it up I was up around Ossery Park and the Butts mm. um, yesterday at LSL Place and, and uh, 
you know, Lockboy and all the, the Bishop Birch, all the city areas, and there's some great colour around. I think maybe more centrally in the, the city centre itself, it'll be lovely to see a little bit more. But, yeah, uh, I mean, we're getting texts in. photos of their own area to send it in, you know. Yeah, we're getting texts in. Catherine's been on to me actually before you even brought up this point. She said, good morning, Brian. Uh, the week of the All-Ireland, they're now bunting up on High Street County Council. Please, I know that, listen, it's been absolutely hammered uh, down for the last 24, 48 I, I, hours, but I'm sure they're going to do something soon. I, no, well, I spoke to the council yesterday. They, what they did was they, they kind of focused... Black and Amber Bunton ten, tends to be in short supply this, this time of year. Surprise, um, surprise. But what the council did um, this year, and I'm pretty sure they did it last year, they focused their efforts on the, the roundabouts, so they put their the bunting on all of the um, roundabouts around Kilkenny so that uh, coming into the city, you see a lot of that. I think my understanding, I could be wrong on this, but my understanding is is that they're more hoping that the businesses along High Street and John Street and um, other streets across the city might um, decorate their own premises and and stick out a little bit of colour. Now, I'm sure if, if they can get their hands on more bunting, they, they'll, they'll throw it up where they can. But again, with a short lead-in, you know, you're talking manpower, you're talking trying to get hold of county colours. I, I understand there's been a shortage of people even trying to get jerseys and things like that because I don't know, you know, we're, we're enough made in time or, or, or that kind of thing. But um, again, if we were facing into a, a, a final in September, there might be a bit more about. But maybe, you know, yeah. I know in our house we've stockpiled black and amber. We just have to dig it out and, and put it out ourselves. But uh, I think if anyone has anything in the, in the colours, well, Get him out, throw him up, fly him high. Well, if you could let Tommy and uh, Eddie Scally and all the gang up at Gorham Park now, I got a text in from a listener in Kilmacow saying, Brian, as you speak, the sun is out in Kilmacow. Apparently, it's on its way. So uh, let them all know, Edwina, Edwina, <laughs> Eddie Scally, Tommy from the Supporters Club, everybody up there at Gorham Park having a great morning this morning. Tea time's right the way through until 6 o'clock this evening. I think it's probably all sold out, but they're having a great day. Um, and we're going to try our best this afternoon to try and curtail all those bits and pieces of fundraising and celebration events all into one place and you'll be able to check them all out on KCLR's social media pages as well. Edwina, all the team at Bagorn Park, thanks for joining us this morning and we've been playing Shine All in Kilkenny this morning and uh, somebody asked me to remind everybody of the man who wrote the song The Late Eamon Wall, R.I.P. Another great Kilkenny man, says John. Yeah, coming up in a couple of moments' time, we'll be leaving the GA stuff to one side for one moment, at least anyway, and we'll be talking to Councillor Dennis Hines about the uh, upcoming changes, Orlingford Town Centre Master Plan about to go out to public consultation. Um, he'll be telling us what's included in that plan and uh, what the future holds for Erlingford. KCL Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie KCLR Very welcome back to KCLR Live 26 minutes uh, to uh, 11 o'clock this Tuesday morning Uh, so he's having a bit of fun on the text and WhatsApp line saying I wonder if the county manager in Kilkenny is from Limerick, Brian. Hence no bunting up on the main street. No short. Well, there is no shortage of bunting because we've uh, had contact from the flagman, Dolly, Tony Sinnott. And believe it or not, where's Tony? 
Tony's in Carlo and he's got black and amber bunting to beat the band if you are looking to try and get your hands on some whether you be in the council or just for your own uh, garden uh, check out flagman.ie Tony's in it there in Carlo of all places has plenty of black and amber bunting um, time now to talk to Councillor Dennis Hines because uh, recently at a, a municipal district meeting um, there was discussions around the Erlingford Town Centre Master Plan it's to go on public display from this Friday uh, for six weeks up to the the first uh, of September at Erlingford Library, and um, the Castlecomer Area Office points um, of county and city interest. The website, all the other information that you need, will be available there to check it out and to have a little look at it. And then you can pass on your own thoughts to the council, um, and the municipal district will take all that on board before they decide what they do. But uh, Councillor Dennis Hines joins us in the studio. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Brian, to your listeners. Not a nice morning, but uh, nevertheless, sure. we're we're we're, 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 the, right, we're the right way up anyway. We'll be, we'll take that as a good starting point. Listen, Erlingford, right? It's a it's a town I've I've been in a few times. Um, it's a town I think it's it's got so much going for it in terms of what I mean is the the really important stuff. It's close to a motorway. It's got a history. It's in the northern part of the county. Um, but what does Erlingford need? Yeah, well, you're right about Hurlingford having a, a, a lot going for it and uh, going back to the old days again, Tipperary, there'd always be that bit of rivalry there in Hurlingford. <laughs> um, but uh, it does need, it, it definitely does need the master plan to be introduced. Um, it definitely does need, uh, um, you know, car spaces, new businesses like many other um, towns and villages right across the whole uh, of Kilkenny and Carlow. Um, and it does need an investment. Um, it certainly does. And uh, I would certainly be one of many councillors that would be encouraging this to happen. Um, and Turley, who were invited in and contracted in um, to carry out the, to work with a town team, uh, which would be um, different um, um, sectors of the community, whether it's sport, whether it's the development association, and so on and so forth, um, to to draw up the master plan. Um, I've seen it. Uh, it's very impressive. Um, the walkways, the car spaces, encouraging businesses into the community um, and how they want to, uh, um, you know, refigurate, reconfigurate the whole uh, um, community mm. um, and what they want to do. Um, and I want to be very clear to your listeners on this and to yourself, Brian, I am 100% supportive of that. Yeah. 100% yeah. And I mean, in fairness, anybody I've spoken to has said similar, that the plan that's really have drawn up is, is, is quite expansive and it's really, really interesting. But you've expressed some concerns about funding it. Well, I've asked a question. I've just asked a question um, at yesterday's municipal meeting. I just wanted to know, uh, because it's not good enough to give people lip service. You have to back it up. Mm. Um, and if we're saying to people, this is because it was being muted yesterday, like, for example, I said, is this going to cost 10 million? And then there was other people in the room that made a comment about 20 or I, there again, it could be 30. And this was being muted. And like speaking from experience now, and I've learned the hard way over the last couple of years since I became a councillor, I'm having huge difficulty in getting small things done as many others are. Um, we were getting the job done in Paulstown with a footpath to make it safe out there under active, uh, uh, under active travel. The funding of 200,000 was withdrawn uh, to do the footpath on, this, on, on the ring road. We were getting Where is that, come from? is that coming from central county council funds? No, it was coming from national funding. Okay. The council had supported it, mm. but they couldn't get the funding was withdrawn. 
the funding was withdrawn from my own village of Gores Bridge where um, we were trying to get work done outside the graveyard and the funding was withdrawn and it just concerns me that um, you know when you talk about um, getting all this work done I just want to know as I'm sure anyone in Orlingford would ask the same question everyone is 100% supportive yeah. of it but let's not give people lip service on the run into a local or European election. I'm not I'm not saying that that's really what's going on here, but I would like to see um, where the funding is coming from. Can we guarantee it? Yes, they'll get funding. Yes, funding will, they, you will get funding and funding will be made available to do certain projects and, and, and help in any way. And as I say, myself and I have no doubt that every councillor in my municipal district in ours would, would support this so like it's not a case of that we wouldn't but we have to be honest with ourselves and say when, when you're putting the thing out to plan if I see it if I'm, if I'm living in Orlingford I see this plan come out and I say this is fantastic right and how can I buy into it how can I help develop it and so on and we need a plan everyone needs a plan to get you know from A to B but at the same time how do we know then that this plan is going to develop? Yeah, That's I mean, the, the, question the, I have. the county council, and I mean the county council as opposed to the municipal district, have done fabulous work. For example, in terms of finding funding for the likes of the Abbey Quarter development, um, are you concerned that you know that funding won't go as far afield, so to speak, as Orlingford? Well, I know, for example, if I, I I've mentioned active travel, if I just even just take the active travel funding, because that done an awful lot of work in in rural parts of the counties. Um, that funding now, a decision has been made nationally. It's not been published, but a decision has been made nationally that active travel funding is now being used in the bigger urban areas and it's been withdrawn from the rural communities. Yes, they might do a small project, but they're not going to invest a couple of hundred thousand in, 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 in the rural communities. And that's we're losing out. Mm. Um, and yes, it's important. But isn't, that, isn't that, that your job as councillors, um, first of all, as you're doing? to develop a plan, to put it out to public consultation, and once the public have signed off on it and everybody's had their input and it's a go, isn't it just your job? Go and find the funding. Yes, absolutely, yeah, but we don't have... But the problem we have here, and I look at, I don't want to make this too political, but the problem we have here is that when you go look for the funding, you need it coming from the department. Mm. And if there's not a willingness to give the funding from the department, or if the rules are being changed without anyone having access to that, uh, then it's impossible to get the funding. You see, you may get you may get in an area like I, we're doing the playground in Gornham. Hope that next week on it, um, weather permitting, uh, it's costing half a million, mm. and we 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 have at the moment three hundred and fifty thousand secured in grants, uh, and that's over um, three and a half year period, and and I'd be all in favour of communities getting grants, and I'd do everything I can to help them get the grants that's needed, but I just want to be cautious that. You know, we don't try and mislead people. We we can't do that. And look at you know, maybe maybe in this business, you know, you're meant to do that. But I I'm no interest in doing that. Mm. And I'm sure many other councillors wouldn't either. But it's just that if you go out and you tell someone, yeah, look at this is a wonderful project. It's going to cost thirty million euro. Yeah, absolutely brilliant idea. First question I want to know is, and this is all I'm asking. Have we a guarantee? Have we a commitment that we can get, even if it's going to take five or ten years, that this will happen? And that we won't bring people on a merry dance and suddenly decide after five or ten years, you know what, we nearly got there. Yeah. You know, well, let's, let's see the pathway. 
Let's see the pathway. I don't think anybody would there. expect once they go and see the plant to wake up in Erlingford the following morning and, and boom, no, yeah, no. Oh, fabulous new Erlingford. Not that it's fabulous yeah. at the moment, anyway. But it's a process, isn't it? And at the stage that you're at the moment, I think the most important thing is that you get that public consultation, and that's an opportunity that people are going to have over the next six weeks. What would you like to see people doing in terms of engaging with it? At yeah, the well, moment? first of all, I want to compliment the town team in Erlingford and all the participants that got got involved in this because you know communities need local people to make anything happen. It's not about councillors and it's not about Turley or anyone else. It's about people that live in Orlingford, people that live in communities to drive to drive a plan. So so this is where this is developed from. It's developed from the community. And I want to applaud everyone involved in it. And I as a councillor just want to make sure that this happens now for him. That's it. Nothing yeah. else. Nothing else. There's no other agenda here only to make sure that if you're giving up your time, you're driving everything, you're passionate about your community and you want it to happen then we as councillors have to make sure then that we pursue it to make sure it happens so that when it comes back to us it'll come back to us in September uh, obviously to uh, if you like to sign off on it and, and that won't be an issue uh, we're, we're all supporting of it uh, but at the same time you know Let's make the dream a reality, not only for Erlingford, by the way, but for any other community that needs this. And let me tell you, there's a lot of them out there that need it. Yeah, there's a lot of them that's that's going to need that development. Um, I think the first thing is that it's a good sign that the the Turley have come back with such an expansive plan. Um, you're going to have that public consultation, as you said, it's taking place in the lobby there, and you're inviting people to go in and have a look and make their own submissions and pass on their own thoughts from there. And that's happening from Friday onwards for six weeks. Um, at which point we'll see what happens from there. Um, as this is going to have to be officially costed at some point, though, Dennis, isn't it? I mean, because people are people are plucking figures out of various different places at the moment, saying it could be ten, could be twenty, could be thirty. But you well, haven't even gone through pub- public consultation yet. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's the bit. You see, that's the only bit that worried me um, when we were having the meeting. Is that like what is the approximate cost? Now, I, you know, um, and for example, and I know I'm saying it again, I'm echoing it. And if it is costing thirty million, or it's more. Right. What is the mechanism to get the funding? Yeah. We know there's mechanisms for getting funding, but we've seen it with active travel the way it's been withdrawn from the rural area. If you start going that road nationally, if the government start going down that road nationally, it's going to leave a lot of us then running around scampering to try and find funding and uh, and that's that's inexcusable and Actually, now that you say that and you mentioned that uh, that travel situation just reminded me of something from, from last year. You probably guess where I'm going to go with this. School buses. Yeah, and we're in we're in the same boat again. It's deja vu. So, so this time last year, you were talking a lot to, for example, Emer about the fact that there was no school bus service available to the, to the kids in the community to get them back and forth to school. I think there was something said about they were living too close to the school or something like that. Um, did they ever get school transport during that school year? No, no, they didn't. The and, and now we are. So, yeah, yeah. merry go round continues. Yeah. We're back in July now, the following year, mm-hmm. and. Still no plan? No, the minister came out last year in October and announced that anyone that had concessionary tickets, every effort was going to be made to get a bus on the road uh, to provide a, um, transport for those kids to get into Kilkenny from Gorn and any community that needed it. Um, and never happened. And never happened. I suppose my, my what really, I'm going to use the word piss me off now because if you don't mind me saying it on the radio, but what really annoyed me about that was um, I haven't seen it to date. 
that had to show from CIE that yes, we're looking for another bus. We're looking for another you know bus mm. to cover it. Uh, you talk to CIE, they say they're waiting on the department. You talk to the department, they're saying, oh, we've given the instruction. Who's like? We've seen what happened in RT. Who's who's coordinating this thing? Who's keeping an eye on it? Yeah. Do you know? And I'm not saying that there's any mishandling of funding now. I'm not suggesting that. But what I am saying here very clearly is that someone needs to grab this nettle and say, hold on a minute now. If the minister is saying, here's more funding for buses, why isn't it being tendered by CIE? Why isn't it being offered out to people to run the bus routes? Instead, what I have at the minute now, this year, last year, no one benefited. No mm. one. Everyone that lost out in, in over the summer uh, um, are, are in the same boat again this year. Some of them have got buses. I'm talking to parents. I have over 30 families who've contacted me who at the moment, at the moment, who haven't got a bus this year again. Yeah. And it's the same same deja vu thing again you know you're contacting CIE you're contacting the department you're not getting a definite answer you get the same you know like kind of cut and piss thing sent out yeah. back to you it's, 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 it's interesting actually that you mentioned it. 12 months down the line we've still got the same issue with that. it's something that we probably pick up over the next couple of weeks because as we get into the end of July and start of August that deadline is definitely going to be on, on top of us uh, Councillor Dennison I appreciate you coming into us this morning and joining us that running for Town Centre Master Plan is available for people to have a little look at and pass their submissions and thoughts on um, and I'm sure a man like yourself and the rest of the team once it's all signed off on you'll find the funding from somewhere I look at look at no stone will be left unturned uh, for for ourselves to try and do it. But what I, what I am saying is that, you know, uh, to give you an example, I looked for sixty meters of road to be done recently, and I was told the funding wasn't there. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm just erring on the side of caution, caution because yeah. I've seen how we all have been knocked back on certain projects because we're told funding is not available, and I just want to see if we put something to people that we can deliver on it and make sure it happens. That's really it. Councillor Dallasine, thanks very much for joining us in studio this morning. It's 12 minutes to uh, 11 o'clock after this short break. I'll be speaking to Jerry Farrell from Castleview Financial Services. KCL or Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie KCLR. Yes, you're welcome back to KCLR Live. It's uh, nine minutes to 11 o'clock. Jerry Fowler's joined us in studio. Uh, Jerry, as always, has been an absolute gentleman. We're tight on time, so he's going to he's going to hang around and we'll be yapping all things uh, financial um, after the, the news at 11 o'clock. But Jerry, uh, looking forward to the weekend, the Kilkenny Limerick final? Absolutely. Brian, good morning and good morning to the listeners. For sure, it's going to be... Obviously, it's a replay of last year's final. Let's hope we get a different result this time. I think I was at the semi-final. I think Kilkenny looked very, very strong. So I'm quietly confident that they might just get over the line. But I think we're in for a cracker. We've had a great hurling season this year. Is your house one of those houses that has those inter-county rivalries? Yes, my wife's a leash woman. I'm an awfully man and we've got Kilkenny children. So <laughs> lots of inter-county rivalries. But uh, yeah, all of the children will be absolutely shouting for Well, as we will be shouting for Kilkenny on Sunday. And we were hearing about the Kilkenny Limerick sort of stuff, stuff going on as well. Did you say one of your daughters has a Limerick girlfriend? Is that right? 
Uh, no, my son, uh, our eldest, his girlfriend is is uh, a Limerick lady, so they'll both be at the game on Sunday, so <laughs> in their respective <laughs> colours. <laughs> so they got through last year's finals. I so. suppose they've got experience of dealing with <laughs> it's um, a conflict resolution and probably a good a good uh, a good little bit of a training ground. Yeah, and I think resolution. it'll all be all be good humoured at the end of the day. But uh, I think we're in for a feast of hurling on Sunday. Oh, we absolutely are. Listen, um, we're talking a couple of moments time. We're going to take a short break after which we're going to be talking about technically Ireland in a recession mm-hmm. mm, yeah interesting so don't go anywhere Jerry Farrell from Castleview Financial Services will be looking is Ireland or is Ireland not in a recession in just a moment KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style see fairgreen.ie KCLR welcome back to KCLR live Jerry Farrell in three minutes I want you to trim up for me are we in a recession or not that's a good question. Brian, I don't think it'll take three minutes to tell you. So a, a technical recession is classified um, by economists and by people in the know as two continuous uh, quarters of downward or negative growth. And so we've had that. So the CSO, the Central Statistics Office, has just published that in the last couple of days that um, the numbers for Ireland, Inc., are such that the last two quarters, so the first half of this year, uh, quarter one was negative, quarter two, or sorry, is quarter one of, quarter four of last year, quarter one of this year, I do apologise, are negative. Now, it is, uh, as you said in the break there, Brian, it is marginal. The negative piece on the last quarter uh, that's published for quarter one is minus 0.049 of a percent. It is marginal, but it is a technical recession, and, and that's the definition of it. Is it a recession like we've experienced in the past? Not at all. Um, it, it's more for the academics and the economists in, in one sense. Uh, the plan um, remains the same, and it, it appears that we're still on, on course for some positive growth for 2023 and well into 2024. But a technical recession... Uh, should act as a warning sign or a red flag or uh, to get us all prepared um, for uh, perhaps uh, a little bit tighter times into 2024. So we're talking about holidays, Brian, and most people listening this morning will have either had their holidays or will have booked their holidays either at the tail end of last year, the start of this year. So some people are away now, so good for them. Um, But... but the challenge might be as we face into 2024, there might be a bit more of a squeeze. So we need to be mindful of how we spend the pennies in the coming months um, because things are going to get a little bit tighter. So there's some good news on the horizon. So it's not all negative and, and it's not meant to be a frightener. It's just meant to be, uh, to you know, the old scout, the Cub Scout motto, be prepared. Yeah. So when you're fore- forewarned is forearmed. So we now know that it's a technical re- recession. We know that... Uh, Probably uh, for the last uh, 12, 18, 24 months, it's been well signalled that most of the Western world will enter a recessionary cycle. Uh, And it's a matter of how deep that becomes. All of the indications are that it's going to be a mild recession. So that's good news, but it's about being prepared. Is it good news, I suppose, in short, that we're actually getting to a point where if this recession actually is as suggested, as it's called on the tin, a recession, that it's mild in nature. I mean, I think everybody would prefer to have an economic structure into the future where 
the peaks and troughs of the normal economic activity um, are a little bit less peaky and troughy than they were back in the 2000s and late 2000s. Yeah, and things have been very, very volatile and, and, and in the last two or three, four years uh, as well. And much of that has been driven by, believe it or not, COVID and, and, and the collapse in, in the, or the, the near collapse in the world economy for a short period of time and the absolute rapid bounce back, the Nike swoosh, as we call it, bounce back in, in, in 2020 and into 2021. There was a regression last year to a point. And so all of the indicators are that we're heading for um, uh, more volatile, turbulent times. But just to be prepared for that, because it's not unprecedented. We've seen this before. It is cyclical and and it's about managing the expectation around it. Okay, well, Jerry Farrell from Classview Financial Services with us. Great great text in actually from one of our listeners and I'll put it to you after the break. It's, uh, would you mind asking Jerry, if he honestly thinks the ECB increasing rates to curb inflation is working? We'll deal with that topic just after the news at 11. KCL or live with thanks to the Fairgreen Shopping Centre gift card. The perfect gift for all occasions. See fairgreen.ie. Weekday mornings from 10 till 12. This is KCLR Live. You're listening to KCLR Live. It is 11 o'clock. Coming up after the news at 11, I'll continue my chat with Jerry Farrell about TB interest rates and do they really affect uh, our curb inflation. Also, around about quarter past 11, we'll be speaking to Ellen Jennings, communications officer at Bodywise, about a recent report showing uh, a further lift in, in numbers of people uh, reporting with eating disorders. But now at 11 o'clock, it's time to go over to Ashling Bolton Dowling in the newsroom. Ashling, if you're going to continue saying at the end of your bulletins, heavy rain continuing for the afternoon, I'm going to stop listening to you, I have to say. I'm not lying though, am I? No, I know. I know it's your job as a newsreader to always tell the truth. Yeah. But could you not... Heavy rain this afternoon. I hope you all look at... Could you not do something like that it with it? It does say that it's going to clear at some point, but it's... There are going to be a few showers. No, let, let, in there. It's I'll all, end there. I'll just say it might clear. Do you ever hear that that very famous saying? Ain't what you do, it's the way that you do it. It's in a song as well. <laughs> Clearing at some point this afternoon, <laughs> turning fantastic for the. Uh, do something like that, will you? Yeah, I've got to sell the rain. Yeah, no, don't sell the rain. <laughs> just bring me some. Bring me sunshine. <laughs> Ashley, thank you very much. Talk to you later on. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Jerry Farrell's in studio from Castleview Financial Services, as always at this time on a Wednesday. Coming up in a couple of moments' time, I will be talking to Alan Jennings, communications officer with Bodywise. If you've got texts or WhatsApps that you'd like to get into us, 083 306 9696. And I'm also conscious that we need to do our VWID sound to try and get some more money back into your pockets but uh, Jerry just before the break there and the news we mentioned we had a very good question in from uh, listener Anita um, inquiring would the ECB changing interest rates really make a difference yeah so Anita poses a really really good question and there's a couple of things so the purists the econo- uh, the economic purists would say for sure that that will work um, history shows it shows us it has worked but I think where Anita is coming from is uh, and anyone who studies these things uh, will know that. So the Irish uh, infl- the Irish economy's inflationary numbers are coming down, uh, and I think the latest figures were down to about about six point one percent. European inflation rates are not driven by what happens really, particularly in Ireland, with respect to we were uh, yeah we're a European economy of three hundred million people, and I think we're. Anita's coming from is you look at the German economy, which is the bulwark of the European Union, and 
its um, latest uh, inflation numbers uh, have have crept up, unfortunately. So they've gone from 5.4 up to about 5.8%, I think, in the latest uh, returns uh, that were indicated. So, and uh, much of that is driven by labour costs uh, and um, wage inflation, wage increases and salary rises. So... We're not there yet. Uh, but back to Anita's question, because I've got to give a straight answer. It is the main weapon of choice for central banks right around the world when we're faced with a, a significant and serious inflationary challenge, which we've had done, f- we've, we've, we've been through for the last 18 months, that they use interest rate rises as the weapon of choice. And history shows us that eventually it works. So we're not there yet from a European Union perspective. I think by the tail end of this year, we will be there. I wouldn't rule out another rate rise or two, which is a challenge for mortgage holders. Um, but uh, let's look at opportunity cost as yeah. well. So when we're talking about a technical recession, uh, the challenges of inflation. So some of the things, so even if we take, a, for example, Brian Castleview, so our firm, so some of the things we're, we're, we're doing. So we're about to launch uh, in September um uh, a free financial review or a complimentary financial review for anyone who's interested in taking a look at their existing life cover. If they haven't got life cover, maybe they should. If they have it, maybe they don't need it. Often you do need it, yeah. but often we're paying too much for it. So it's worth um, a complimentary review. We'll be running a week-long review so, session. So Jerry, would you people, say and point, that will save money Would you people. say at this point in time that actually, considering that we're talking about potential recessions, and let's not, let's not, yeah, don't, not let's not, go all dark and dreary on it and not talking to you. Um, generally speaking, the biggest challenge on people's doorsteps at the moment is the cost of living challenge. We don't want to have a recession on top of it as well. But is this a good time to be really sort of looking at your finances in general, considering what could be over the horizon? Yeah, so being prepared and like you said there, uh, just after the news there, uh, uh, bring me sunshine. So the old <laughs> Morgan and Wise song. So embrace it. Embrace the opportunity that it's going to give us because... Uh, uh, trust me, for most of us, if we examine our personal finances, you'll see that there are areas where you can streamline, where you can yeah. save money, where you can make life a little bit easier for you by doing the right thing. And one of those things in my world is taking a look at the level of life cover and the premium you're paying, particularly if you're paying through a high street bank, because you're probably paying too much uh, and check uh, check it out. Um, but you'll hear more about that in, in the weeks ahead. But that's just one small example, Brian, uh, uh, if we can do that or replicate that right across what we do with our personal finances uh, then you're going to right size yourself in preparation for what may not be actually uh, because I don't believe we're talking about technical recession we're talking about inflation challenges still there we're talking about possible interest rate rises but actually the horizon just like this morning the weather is pretty brutal but the horizon is bright yeah. uh, and, and and we're going to see lots of positivity through the budget I think in October and beyond so uh, don't despair just be prepared yeah okay Jerry Farrell from Castleview Financial Service as always a pleasure chatting to you um, thanks for coming into the studio maybe next week we'll start making predictions on, on how much the boys and girls in the Department of Finance are going to spend on the budget come October
Absolutely. <laughs> Jerry, as always, a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be talking to Jerry again next week. And do keep your questions coming in 083 306 9696. Coming up in just a moment's time, I'll be speaking um, to a very, very interesting lady, Ellen Jennings. She's the communications officer with BodyWise um, about a new report uh, highlighting the fact that the number of people presenting, um, adolescent patients in particular, presenting um, their services has increased over the last five years from 33 to 20 in 2018 to just over 80 in 2022 eating disorders and serious complex mental health conditions with increased risk of mortality uh, Jenny Ellen Jennings from Bodywise will be joining us in just a moment but before I speak to Ellen um, I want to try and uh, give you some money and to do that I'm going to play our mystery sound The Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR with thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at La Hertz Volkswagen Kilkenny visit lahertz.ie so the sound we're asking you to identify is this. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, 083-306-9696. If you can tell me what that sound is, it is worth 300 euros. We're not giving you any clues just yet. We might do a Monday, though. The Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR. With thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at La Hertz Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit lahertz.ie. Now, according to a recent report by the Health Research Board, the number of admissions for eating disorders to child and adolescent inpatient units has more than doubled in the last five years, from 33 in 2018 to 80 in 2022. Eating disorders are serious and complex mental health conditions uh, with increased risk of mortality. BodyWise is the national voluntary organisation supporting people affected by eating disorders and their families. And joining us now on the line to tell us about that report and um, lots more beside Ellen Jennings. She's the communications officer with BodyWise. Good morning, Ellen. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Um, I mean, it's a huge increase. I mean, more than a, a doubling in the numbers from 2018 to 2022. Were you surprised by the findings of the report? I suppose it's not surprising, but it is very worrying. Um, we're seeing similar increases on our own support services. So we provide support for families and people affected by eating disorders as well. And we've had over 3,500 family members supported by our free online support program since 2020. And we have seen an increased number of um, calls and people attending our support groups um, in relation to people, particularly in that age group, that adolescent um, age group. Um, I suppose eating disorders can happen to anyone at any stage in their life, but this time in a person's life can be particularly challenging. And there's a lot of changes that happen in relation to a person's body and how they feel about their body and changes in their life that can have an impact on how um, how vulnerable they are to coping in this way with an mm. eating disorder. I mean, when you see the numbers increasing like that, it, it is quite, not more than quite concerning, it's very concerning. But I always think it's nice to use an opportunity to help people maybe identify what actually classifies an eating disorder. Yeah, so I suppose when we think about eating disorders, they're very serious and complex mental health conditions and they can impact the way we think, the way we act, the way we feel, and they can have physical implications as well and serious physical implications. Um, but it's not only that element of it. Oftentimes the behaviours and the physical aspects are what we see on the surface, but really there's an inner turmoil that's going on for the person and um, kind of a, a mix of different factors um, going on for them that can be really difficult uh, to 
to live with. Um, so when we think about that, it can be in terms of different thoughts, so different rules around food and exercise and body. Um, and this is all driven by the eating disorder voice in the person's mind. So that's this harsh internal critic. And what's uh, behaviours that we see... Go on, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So behaviours that we see would be um, kind of, as I said, symptoms of what's really going on for the person. So really that big change in mood or a change in personality, difficulty coping with a change in routine, they can all be signals that something might not quite be right with the person's relationship with their body and food. And in terms of those um, trying to identify them, you spoke very clearly there about the individual's interaction with their own being, with their own body. What about family? You you guys do a great job at supporting family, but if, if a family member has a concern, what would be the key things that they should be looking at from the outside to try and help um, somebody in their own lives identify a potential issue? Yeah, so I suppose you might notice that change in the person's personality, a change in their mood, um, oftentimes, you know, there's so much going on in the person's mind that they can seem distracted and the things that they used to enjoy, they no longer engage with. There can be an element of social isolation um, from the things that they used to enjoy. So that would be kind of something to look out for. And then if the person is concerned about someone, um, one of the first steps would be really learning about what an eating disorder actually is. We think of an eating disorder as a coping mechanism for a person. So in a sense, it serves a function for them. It helps them to feel okay when everything else in their life might feel um, outside of their control. It gives them something to, to focus on that gives them a sense of control. Although it's a destructive coping mechanism, it can help the person to feel okay in the moment. So part of supporting someone is helping them to develop alternative coping mechanisms that they can turn to so that they're not relying on the eating disorder to feel okay. And BodyWise runs a, a Pillar programme, which is your own family support programme. Tell us about what that type of thing is offered through Pillar. Yeah, so we have a Pillar programme a number of times of ye- uh, throughout the year, and it's a four-week programme that's evidence-based, and it's for anyone who wants to learn how to support someone with an eating disorder. So it's for family members, siblings, partners, anyone who might be concerned about someone. And the person doesn't need a diagnosis um, or to be in treatment to avail of that support. So it's a mix of that um, education piece as well as providing practical skills about understanding the eating disorder mindset, managing mealtimes, routines, behaviours, and dealing with difficult emotions that can come up for the person. And the next programme starts on the 14th of September and it's an evening programme from 7 until 9. And there's an opportunity at the end to ask specific questions as well with Harriet, um, who is our training and development manager and psychotherapist. I think it's really interesting, Ellen, because when I think about um, traditional Irish dinner tables and how from very, very young as parents were constantly eat that, finish that, do this, do that. We're very demanding in terms of how we interact with young people and their food from a very, very young age. Is that a psyche that's difficult to change? Yeah, I think the way we interact and our own kind of um, relationship with food and how we speak about our own body can really be absorbed like a sponge by young people um, in a household, like in that environment. So it's important that we work on our own relationship with our body and food and how we feel about ourselves and how we talk about ourselves. Um, I suppose it's not only that, but also how we talk about other people's bodies and how 
um, accepting we are people of all different shapes and sizes. And this can um, be an important piece of the point. I suppose there's so many elements that can lead to someone coping in this way, but there's no one um, no one cause of an eating disorder. So if an eating disorder does come up in someone's family, it's important that no one feels at blame because there is no one cause. It's It really is a mix of so many different factors and um, that create this perfect environment for the eating disorder to grow and develop. And Ellen, we've seen obviously that the, the numbers have doubled over the last five years, but in terms of the profile and the demographics of those reporting, has there been a change in the age groups of those reporting? So I suppose on our own support services, we're seeing people right across um, the their life at all different stages of their life. And the thing is with statistics around eating disorders, because of the nature of the illness and difficulties in people reaching out for help, it's very difficult to get accurate um, statistics around what the picture is in reality. Um, it's likely that there's an underestimation and um, not as many people feeling able to come forward and open up about these experiences. Oftentimes we see um, figures relating to admissions to inpatient units and hospital figures and that's when the person has become very unwell that they would require that type of support. People can have treatment within the community which is an ideal um, place for someone to recover as opposed to to that hospital environment. Um, So I suppose it's about recognising that um, there may be people out there who might be concerned about their relationship with food but not might not have reached out uh, for that treatment and support. Um, and so our support services, no one needs a diagnosis to avail of that support and they can reach out if they're have, experiencing any concerns at all in relation to themselves or anyone else um, around them. And given you know lead times for many of our support services in this country, that's very important to get that message across that you don't need to have a diagnosis of an eating disorder to engage with BodyWise. And um, the helpline number for BodyWise oh one two one zero seven nine zero six. Um, not quite twenty four hours, but open very expansively at least anyway. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're open most days and our email support service is open 24-7 and that's alex at bodywise.ie. So A-L-E-X at B-O-D-Y-W-H-Y-S dot I-E. Ellen Jennings, Communications Officer with Bodywise. And thanks for joining us on the show this morning. Shocking report in terms of the increase from just 33 adolescents um, reporting with eating disorders in 2018 to 80 in 2022. Um, if you need any help or support in that area, don't forget you can contact Bodywise, as we said, on 012107906. Uh, you can email alex at bodywise.ie or indeed you can check out KCLR's own help pages, KCLR96. 6fm.com forward slash help. It is 11.22 after a couple of moments time we're going to take a short break and I'll be speaking to Councillor Michael Doran um, from Lachlan Bridge about uh, reports of uh, what he described as sewage running through the streets that and lots more besides Be there Be there for the early morning wake up call Be there for the smell of rashers wafting through the house Be there for the last minute checks before leaving Be there for the stomach-churning excitement on the drive up. Be there for the banter and laughs on the walk in. (laughs) Be there for the roar of the crowd. Be there for every single clash of the ash. Be there for the final whistle. Be there, win or lose, with nothing but pride. 
We'll be there. Will you? Be there. All Ireland Sunday. Up close and in person. KCLOR, proud to cheer on Kilkenny in the 2023 GAA Hurling All-Ireland Senior Championship Final. KCLOR. Well, here's your lucky day. The short ball that Mickey Walsh hits his lifetime. Clare have absolutely made a bags of it. It's a bit of a rook for possession at the moment, and Clare have come out with the ball. He's not hurled out. There's a shot. Oh, what, what a save! save. What a save! That save of the year, save of the century. Back in it goes. It's over the bar, and it's a point for Dermot Ryan, the wing half. I don't know why he put the ball over the bar. They needed a goal. What a save by Owen Murphy. We'll see it on the replay. Kilkenny win the ball. Out to the half, and it's all over. And Kilkenny are into the All Ireland final. This has been a magnificent achievement for Derek Ling to bring this team right through Leinster, through the All Ireland campaign, and through to an All Ireland final against a team that have beaten the All Ireland champions already this year and a team that were fancy to go and win the All-Ireland. You'll never have Kilkenny beaten. It really could happen. KCLOR wishing Kilkenny all the luck in the 2023 All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship Final. Yeah, Brendan Hennessy, the voice of Kilkenny's journey to the All-Ireland Final and the voice, of course, of the final coming up this weekend. Lots to do uh, sporting-wise between now and Probably Tuesday, realistically, because one way or the other, it'll be a homecoming on Monday. Um, do stay with us here on KCLR for all of your All-Ireland coverage. Now, at uh, this month's County Carlo uh, Council meeting, Councillor Michael Doran claimed that sewage is out on the streets in Lachlan Bridge, going down the street and into the river. Currently, to uh, Councillor Michael Doran, it happens weekly, daily sometimes, and he's quoted as saying, I'm sick to the back teeth of getting onto Irish water about it and nobody knows what to do. Well, surge in the streets of any town, anywhere, isn't something that should be accepted and Councillor Michael Doran doesn't sound like he's going to accept it either and he's joining us now this morning on the show to give us his view. Morning Councillor Doran. Yeah good morning Brian. I mean we're living in modern Ireland. Sewerage in the streets in Lachlan Bridge really? Well Brian it's a problem that's uh, replicated I suppose in other towns and villages not just in Lachlan here. Um, Really I suppose the amount of rainfall that's coming particularly in the short bursts and the, the amount of rain in a short time is really overwhelming, I suppose, all sorts of drains. Um, and I suppose it was common practice years ago to use, I suppose, common sewerage drains, which really brought, I suppose, rainwater and stormwater into the, you know, the existing sewerage systems. Now, in recent years, of course, that practice has been done away with, yeah. and all new estates and things would be into storm drains. Um, but where there is existing um, surface water going into sewers, uh, it does create a huge issue then with the amount, of, the volume of water going in, and the, the existing infrastructure just isn't able to handle it. With the result that that overflows are sort of frequent now in, in a lot of areas, and you know there there has to be a bit of thing on national level really about this with Irish Water and indeed the councils. The councils like are um, are responsible for surface water, whereas the Irish Water then are um, you know they're responsible for for the sewerage systems. But these combined sewer systems that are all over the country, like, I mean, they are really uh, like a time bomb going off that they really have to be sorted out at some stage. So, Michael, explain to us what it looks like in Lachlan when you get those big downpours of rain and this problem occurs. 
Well, you know, I don't want to be focusing purely on Lachlan, even though that's the one that, that I brought on, um, raised at the meeting, because, um, you know, it's, it's an ongoing issue. What happens when when water, I suppose, comes in, when storm water comes into the sewerage system, um, it, you know, the, all the pipes and things overflow, and then we get manholes beginning to lift and things, and, and water and, I suppose, sewerage coming out onto the streets and, and going into the drain into the river. Um, so really, I don't know what, there has to be significant um, thought put into this. I say it's, just, it's not just here in Lockton we have issues. In Bagdastown we have issues all over the municipal area and the county um, where this is an ongoing issue. And it's how, how does the, I suppose, the department tackle this at a national level is, is going to be very challenging over the next few years, particularly with the amount of rain, you know, the rain mm. that we're having. And, you know, how you you actually... I suppose separate storm water and sewer water. You know that's that's that is the key issue here. How is it dealt with? Do we need bigger capacity, bigger pipes? Now the engineer recently at one of our municipal meetings mentioned that, uh, forgetting about the combined sewers, the ordinary drains, street drains, and things like that, um, ordinary storm drains, are on their own, even if well maintained, are overwhelmed with the amount of water that that's coming through. We've seen that recently in Bangladesh there where water. Yep. Uh, flooded, flooded, flooded premises. So I suppose the, 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 what I was raising it really was uh, at the meeting that I, I really want the council to put a program into place, and I've asked them for this for several years now. But I, I think we're getting somewhere now that drains in towns and villages, um, you know, surface water ones, have to be regularly inspected and cleaned. It's no good coming along when the water is already on the street and say, "Oh, that one is blocked." I suppose what I'm looking for is pre. Um, pre-inspections uh, of these and pre-maintenance on them that when water does come that the drains can take as much as they possibly can rather than getting blocked quickly. Councillor Doran, do you think this could be, it could be a standoff between, for example, Irish Water and the councils because you sort of suggested a moment ago the councils have the responsibility for the storm water and Irish Water is responsible for wastewater. At the moment, in many parts of the country, those two systems are combined. Could we be left waiting for years with councils and Irish Water going increase this or now you change that that's that is a good question brian and it's part of the at the moment of the results are some negotiations going on nationally between uh the councils and irish water you know because of the separation of services when irish water took over um and they have responsibility for for the for the um wastewater pipes but the council still have responsibility for the um drainage pipes so that does that does actually create a bit of a conflict because you know one is feeding into the other in some cases and you know in the old-fashioned combined systems. Yeah. So there will have to be something trashed out nationally, and I, I do understand this has been raised at a high level uh, of what to do um, in the case of a combined sewer system, and uh, you know we want a speedy resolution to it yeah, because I it's only going to get worse, Brian. You know, with the, with the rainfall that we have coming and the increased development that we have in all our towns and, and villages in the area. So we do need really to have a bit of joined up thinking on this moving forward because it, the systems are nearly overwhelmed as they are and without further investment and further, I suppose, proper thinking about drainage. Now, there's, there's also, uh, you know, we've seen things like reed belt in sewage systems. We've seen uh, various other alternatives. There's, a, there's another program, SUDS, uh, which is, Part of an arsenal program about surface water um, 
rather than just putting it in the pipes, use things like soak holes or uh, environmental areas to try and uh, get get the soakage store, you know, yeah. rather than it coming fast into all the drains, you know. Well, it and sounds then like when you think about it, you know, any, uh, I suppose, uh, building that has been built or anything now with all the concrete or tarmac surfaces, there's nowhere to water to go only into a drain, and it goes fast into a drain, creating even more problems. Yeah, it sounds like a very, very complicated issue. And as you said, one that's not just been experienced in Lachlan, but experienced in places all over um, Ireland. Uh, where do you go from here, Councillor? Is it, is it a case of just keeping on knocking on national doors until actually somebody addresses this problem? Because yeah, there's well, no future for towns like Lachlan Bridge in this regard if it's a case. They can't expand, they can't put new housing developments in, and they've already got existing problems. Yeah, now the infrastructure in general on normal times is perfectly adequate. It, it's only in these very high rainfall bursts that these problems become apparent. Um, but it, as you say, these might become more popular in the future. Now, I'm glad this has been raised, uh, you know, at, at national level because it is a known issue um, between the councils and Irish water um, people, the personnel. They, they, everybody is aware of the issue. Um, and it, I, I know it has been discussed nationally, so that at least is a start. But it's an enormous problem, and it, it, it's both a national problem as well. As I say, it's not just uh, in Carlow, like it's in Kilkenny, it's in Dublin, it's, it's everywhere. And it's just how to try and, um, you know, grapple with this issue mm. and, and move forward into the future. But the most important thing, of course, is that uh, current developments that, that are being uh, built, that they are, you know, that they don't make matters worse. Um, that they're drained, that the storm drainage is done sustainably, you know. Councillor Michael Doran um, talking about the drainage problem in Lachlan Bridge and uh, other parts of the country as well with uh, storm water and sewerage water in old setups being mixed together and causing problems with increasing rainfall. Thanks for joining us on KCLR Live this morning. That sounds like it's going to be a bit of a battle, I think, between Irish Water and some of the county councils, but remains to be seen how that will uh, work out. It's uh, 26 minutes to 12 o'clock. We've got some music on the way from Dermot Kennedy, and we've got some more music on the way because Mary George of Shopper Gloss in Ballon, she's also a massive fan of trad music, and she's involved in rambling houses. I wonder what they are. KCL or Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie KCLR Maybe I've been living in a dream The past feels like a better place to be The days we spent just sitting by the sea Empyrean skies can't compete with those eyes The colours of that dress you love to wear that is the one and only Dermot Kennedy with Don't Forget Me at uh, 19 minutes to 11 o'clock. Something else we can't forget is this. The Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR. With thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at Lahart's Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit lahart's.ie. Okay, so listen, um, I, I can't give you a clue yet. I, I do know there's one potentially coming, um, but um, I've been banned from giving it to you just yet. But what I can do to help you out a little bit is I can give you some of the incorrect guesses uh, that we've had. Um, one text earlier on this morning coming up with one that I hadn't heard before turning a key twice in a double throw lock to open or close that sounds like somebody who knows what they're talking about I'm not too bad at the old DIY but now a double throw lock I'm going to have to go out after the show and investigate what that is but I do know it's not air mystery sound Brian is it someone pulling an air hose reel to pump 
the wheels of a car and then releasing it asks Shay in Johnstown. I do know what that sounds like, Shay, and it is not that either. Have another quick little listen. There you are. That's what it is. 083-306-9696. It's worth €300 this morning, Tuesday the 18th of July. Do get your guesses and WhatsApps into me on 083-306-9696. The Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR. With thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at Lahart's Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit lahart's.ie. Ah, lots to do between now and 12. Most importantly, musically based. And what better than a bit of trad music on a Tuesday morning? And I find that in honour of my next guest, Maura George of Shopper Gloss in Ballon is joining us on the phone now because a traditional music session is going to be held in Altamont Gardens uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, at the New Orchard at the rear of the plant sales area there in Altamont. And tell us what's to expect. She's joined us on the line now. Good morning, Maura. How are you? Good, good morning, Brian, and thanks for having me on. Ah, it's a pleasure. I'm, deli- I'm, I'm delighted to, ha- to say a few words on KCLR because I know that there's an awful lot of listeners around our area, especially here in Ballon. Right, our session, our session it will be from two o'clock on, and this will be our third, our third monthly one since the summer started. And Trad, this is the first time that Trad has been uh, held in Ballon. In, not, sorry, not in Ballon, in Altimont Gardens. Yeah, yeah. So we, we have, we've created a bit of history. So the session will cater for seasoned musicians and beginners, right? It's nice to give beginners a chance as well because they're, most of the traditions are very fast and it can be off-putting for new people to the to the trad scene. Yeah. So that's what I'd like to emphasise. That well, Maura, everybody, every, everybody needs a chance, Maura. You have to get beginners in yeah, somewhere. So that's how I ended up on the radio. Somebody gave me a chance and said, he can't deal there with the fast are. stuff. We there leave him with... I would, I would especially like to welcome or to encourage new people to try it and especially children to come along and uh, we'll give them an opportunity to play. All right? <laughs> now, that's, that, now, the next thing is I wish to thank Aldi Mount and the OPW for giving us this great opportunity. And uh, I want to wish uh, Pauline was the, was the manager in Aldi Mount and she came up with the ID uh, and invited us along. So Pauline has since retired and I want to, to wish her the very best in her retirement. She's Pauline Dan and she, she was so well known and a, a, a lovely lady. But having said that, the staff in Aldi Mount that are there now, they're equally as nice and uh, we get along great with them and they, they're great to our uh, community group. And... Uh, uh, the uh, the sales area in Altie Mount as well. I want to thank um, to to thank the manager there for looking after us and uh, giving us great advice and deals for our community. Well, Maura, you've done it all right in in, yeah. in yeah. the space in the space of about a minute and a half. Right, you've captured yes. everything we need to know. But listen, slow yeah. down. I've loved the time. I've got a cup, cup of coffee beside me. I've loads of time oh, to chat you. Oh, yeah, okay. loads we'll, of time. We'll chat you. Yeah. Have you, uh, I want to say then, like, that this is a great... We want to... We want, like, we're having another one in August, on the 16th of August, in Altimount, and that'll be Heritage Week, so it'll be a Heritage Week event as well. Well, All listen, right? do we, come here. So, I, want you, I want to ask you something. I want you to help me out with something, right? Um, yes. I've heard about this... Uh, this sort of tradition of, um, how would you describe it? I think it's called a, a rambling house. What is, yes, yes. what does that mean? I've never heard that oh, expression before. I need, I, I, need, I need another session on the radio with you. I listen, we've loads of time. House. It's only quarter to 12, Maura. We're here till 12 oh, o'clock. Okay, we've loads okay. of time. 
There's a rambling house tonight in Clonigal, if anybody wants to go to it. Yeah, but what is a rambling house, Maura? Uh, people go along and they do their party piece. It's like an open mic session. Right, with okay. No mic. Well, there is a mic sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, and you, you're welcome as a listener as well. You don't have to perform. And okay. you can do your do your party piece or anything at all. And it's a five, usual five euro at the door. And that's, um, you don't even have to pay that. That goes goes to a raffle on the okay. And there's a cup of tea and buns and and sandwiches halfway through so they start at 8 and they finish at 12 at, sorry at 11 ok so I, li- well, I list out a few, a few so, so, a ok few so, so let me get this right so it's basically and is this actually in somebody's house no no it's in in small halls ah pubs Okay. Small halls, community centres, small community centres, and pubs. Okay, so I, I thought rambling. House, I was gonna, not, I was gonna rock up this evening at somebody's house tomorrow with me fiver, looking yeah, for me bun and me cup of tea. Oh, Brian, if you have one at your house, we'll all go. Yeah, <laughs> delighted to go. Right, all you have to do is spread the word, and I'll spread the word for you. But yeah, no you better woman. Every night of the week, there's a great lot of them in Wexford, Wexford and Carlo. And there is one in in Kennedy as well, Paulstown on Friday night. Okay, so so there's one on Friday. Kennedy, yeah, Friday night in Paulstown at eight o'clock in the small hall there, and it it gets a big crowd, so you'd have to go early to get a seat. And listen, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna take my life in my hands now, asking you a question. Anybody who's just had to turn up and do the party piece, uh, are they all good, or do you get the odd fella turning up who thinks he can play oh, the fiddle yeah. and he makes well, an ass of it? No, no, he won't. No, now generally speaking, he he won't stand up and play the fiddle unless he can play it. You know, right. and singers are the same. But people are welcome to bring along their pages and sing from the page. You know what I mean? You don't have to have it off by heart. Ah, so if you need a bit okay. of help with your notes or yeah, the lyrics or yeah, something like that, you can yeah, bring them along. Yeah. And everybody gets a turn. Anyone that wants to do anything will be asked to do it. You so, know, and you don't have to do it. But it's fantastic. Like, it's a great... Uh, you know, some people have their bingo and the rest of us have our rambling houses. That's and how long have you been going to rambling houses now, Maura? A couple of years, yeah. I started off... I tell you now, I started off set dancing in Benicary and Carlo yeah. with Peter O'Neill. And that was a fantastic... That was fantastic. It went on for years. And then... We were thrown out of the place for some reason or other. Oh, jeez. You better not tell and us that we story. we to the Dalman, Dalman Hotel, but now that's gone. Right? It has it has seen its day. Do you know what I mean? But uh, uh, set dancing is going on. It's very strong around the whole country still now. Don't get me wrong. But from the set dancing, I went into the music. Uh, took up the box as an adult and learned it. Do you know? So anyone can learn it when I learned it. So you, you right. learned to play the squeeze box, did you? Yeah. I did. I love it. I'm, 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 I'm hooked on it. Like. And Maura, do you mind me asking? I, and you can, I, you know that fella Ryan Tuberty, he got told off once for yeah. asking a woman her age on, on, on live TV, but yeah, I'm going to yeah, take my life yeah. in my hands and ask you, do you mind me asking, I'm not going to ask you how old you are now. What age? No, no, they, they, keep that quiet. Um, what age was I when I started to learn? 50? Yeah, you yeah, were 50 when you started, yeah, 5 old when you yeah. started to learn the squeeze. And did it take you long? No, no, no. You just have to want to do it, right? Mm. You have to want to do it. And you put your box out in front of you and you play it 10 minutes every day. And I taught myself from the from the instructions, you know, so anyone can do it. You see, you have great help on the internet now as well. Okay, fantastic yeah. Fantastic help there. And anyone can play an instrument, I think. Now, I know it's people that are playing instruments and they haven't an ear for music as such. They couldn't sing for nuts. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but they can play an instrument. I'd love All to. Right? I'd love to learn to play the yeah. piano. I, I I don't know how to play any instruments. Like I, I apparently. No, I don't I, 
play, I wouldn't advise the piano if you're going into tribe because you can carry the piano with That's you. That's true, yeah. Yeah, it'd be no good at the, you know, at the rambling houses with a piano. You could stand, start off with the whistle or the concertina is very handy to carry around. Okay, well, it's and easy enough to learn. Yeah. Sounds absolutely yeah. fabulous. Listen, go back before you finish off with me to tell me once more about um, what's happening tomorrow night in Altamont Gardens. Oh, yeah, Altamont Garden, our trad session. And if p- people want to know more about the Ramblin' Houses, I'd, I'd love to come on another day and talk to you about the Ramblin' Houses because they're, they're, or else list them out. You know, they're, as I say, Paul Town now Friday night, uh, Balnebrana Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, Balnebrana, yeah. and. Uh, Tomorrow night. So there's three for you straight away. But Maura, I'm going to set you a little bit of a challenge, right? Um, would yes. you put a little team of people together who come, who go to the rambling houses, who, who, who are, I you know? Will. Now we only want, we only want good musicians. We don't want, yeah, you know, the fella that's only yeah. learning to play the squeeze box. We yeah, want, we want we good music. If you could put yeah. a little team together, three or four or five years. Right, yes, yes. Um, and get back in contact with Etna here at the studio. We'd yes. love to have you in some time to talk about the Rambling Houses and to play us a little yeah. bit of music. What about, what about Heritage Week in August? Well, yeah. listen, Heritage Week is as good a week as any other. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Whenever you want, Maura, we'd love to have you in, and uh, we'll, we'll have a bit of Irish music, and we'll have that we'll have a Rambling House here in case you are in the studio. That'd be br- brilliant. If you could pencil that in for Heritage Week, it would be brilliant. I'll check my diary I, now. I, I ha- yeah, I have some people and they're just brilliant. They're Maura really George, of Shop of yeah. Glass, you're a powerful woman. I look forward yeah. to having you in studio. We'll have, uh, we'll have the buns and the tea ready for you. And we won't even charge you a fiver at the door. Listen, listen, I know you're, you're a big judge for the for, oh. the for the ballroom dancing and that, but we do a bit of Shannon's dancing as well. Oh, I'd lo- I'd, again, so, I, I tried Irish dancing so. once, didn't go exactly to plan. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to practice yeah. a little bit more. But, but I know... I know I, I know going back to Dinjo's time, like it's like dancing on the radio. You know what I mean? <laughs> on a Saturday night. Well, you you were too young to have remembered him. Now you know. Oh, thankfully. A lot of older people would lift the latch, walk right in, and take the floor. <laughs> Listen, thanks so much, Brian. Yeah, right? a powerful woman. A pleasure talking yeah. to you. Absolutely. We'll uh, God, that'll be some morning. I'd say with more and all our gang come into studio. But you never know. We might have a rambling house here in case you are live in the studio. Maybe in Heritage Week in August. Who knows? KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Carlo Kilkenny KCLR. That's Robert Grace uh, taking us to four minutes to 12 o'clock this morning. What a show. Jam-packed as always. Uh, lots of fun. Lots of people still having guesses at our mystery sound. Um, Kathleen is asking, is it a tractor door opening and closing? Uh, no, unfortunately, it's not. Also, a garbage truck suggested by Bridget Williams and Mullen Avat. Neither of those things. The final guest that we had in just there a moment ago um, wanted to know, uh, is it a Kickstarting a motorbike, Brenda O'Neill, um, in Larchfield. No, Brenda, it's not kickstarting a motorbike. Got her. Looks like it's going to roll over to tomorrow. Still worth three hundred euros. Um, we'll give you another little listen to that tomorrow during the morning and see if you can get it. But do mull on it overnight. This is the sound you're looking for. <laughs>
just thought I'd give you an extra little listen to it before we finish off the show for the day. Thanks, as always, to everybody who helps out on the show. Mary on the phones, Etna Quirk for producing, keeping us all on track, and most importantly for you uh, tuning in and listening. I'll be back with you again from 10 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, John Keane is in studio just after the news at 12, keeping you entertained with lots of great music throughout the afternoon. And don't forget, you can send him texts or WhatsApps because apart from giving you the opportunity to win a bathroom worth 5,000 euros from Emerald Tiles and bathrooms up in Erlingford. Um, he'll also uh, be reading out all your good wishes. The good wishes? Good wishes. You know what I mean. Difficult to say that, actually. Um, Brenda O'Neill sent this one in. Um, and also Derek um, wanting to wish all of the best to Derek and the hurling team that came in from Towley in Orlingford. We're going to be getting lots of those types of messages over the next couple of days. Keep them coming in. We're happy to play them out. KCL or Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie.